Good morning again. Good to see everyone here. Uh, you're, uh, thank you, Carly, for that introduction of the sermon. Uh, it is this sermon today, this story from found in 2 Kings chapter 5 is, is one of, if not <laughs> the, but one of the, my favorite uh, stories in the Bible. Uh, it is wonderful. I encourage you to mark it in your Bible, highlight it in your Bible. Hopefully that uh, today in my sermon might intrigue you to go back uh, and, and study it and read it for yourself and, and find some different things. I could preach a sermon series on this one, one passage. is uh, 2 Kings chapter 5, the first 16 verses of the story of Naaman. Uh, so much, and I can't get to everything. I'm just going to highlight just a couple of individuals uh, in, this, in this story, uh, but I challenge you to think about where you belong. Who do you identify with in this story? Uh, and, and, and who speaks to you? <laughs> who, who do you relate to in this story? Uh, I no doubt uh, believe that there's somebody in this story that you can find and you would, will relate to. Uh, it, it begins... Um, begins with verse 1, begins with verse 1, uh, and we're introduced with the great warrior, the great general, Naaman. Uh, Naaman, a general for the king of Aram, uh, was a great man and highly regarded by his master. Next, next slide. Because through him the Lord had, been, uh, had given victory to Aram. Go on. This man is a mighty warrior, but he had a skin disease, and a hold right there. We find out, we, this is the introduction of Naaman. He's a great, mighty warrior. He is a, a, a general. He is, he's not only rega uh, regarded and respected by his king, he's highly respected by his king. Highly respected by his king. So he's this, this is a great man with everything the world has to offer. You want power. You want prestige. You want wealth. You got it. This is Naaman. But then there's that one little conjunction there, B-U-T, but that changes everything. Changes everything. He was a great, mighty warrior, a great, great general, but he had leprosy. You ever notice how that one conjunction, that three-letter word, changes everything? Changes the, the dynamic of everything. Oh, she's a beautiful model, but you know, her personality stinks. Oh, man, he is a, he, he's, he's a brilliant businessman. He has made oodles of money. But his wife and his family can't stand him. That word but changes everything. Um, uh, you know, I have a, a great a friend who's a lawyer. And he said to me, Roger, he said, when you hear that, that word, uh, just discount everything you heard before then and start paying attention because what really matters is about to follow. Uh, so he said, just, just forget everything you just heard because what they really want to get to is, is coming. So um, it's like this last week, uh, a friend of mine who moved the uh, same time I did in, in June, uh, uh, July to a new church, new appointment. He called me this week and he said, Roger, I got the call this week. I said, oh, really? He said, I got the call. And I said, that's funny. I'm preaching on Naaman this week, and tell me about your call. He said, well, the call began like this. He said, well, preacher, you're doing a great job, but. Now, I'm not going to go on to say what he, but you can just imagine what began, okay? 
That word changes everything. Here's, here's Naaman, a great mighty warrior, but he had leprosy. Now, this had to be a great secret because people of the time, if you had leprosy, then you were ostracized, you were excommunicated, you lost your family, you lost your job, you lost your wealth, you were sent away, you were sent to live in a leopard colony, or you were sent to live outside the city because people feared leprosy. They didn't want anything to do with it. So if you had leprosy, if, he, if, if people knew Naaman had leprosy, he would not have been a general. Because leprosy meant that he lost everything. See, Naaman had this skeleton in the closet. He had this secret that nobody knew about. Only those in his family, only those close to him knew about it. But nobody else knew about it. And, and this secret, if anyone found out, would ruin him. See, I wonder how many Naamans are here today. I wonder how many Naamans are watching you look like you have a great life, and you should. You, you feel blessed, but there's something in your life that just isn't right. There's something in your life that you're, you're scared that if anybody finds out about it, it would ruin your life. And that, and that bothers you, and it should bother you. Well, Naaman, he, he was a leopard. And then, and then the story continues on. Naaman, uh, he, he has this slave girl, this young slave girl. Actually, it's his, his wife's slave uh, that, that is, is an Israelite slave, an Israelite girl, um, that, that goes to her mistress, goes to her, her master and says, listen, I, I know a prophet in the land of Israel, in the land of Samir, uh, 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 that, that could heal him the land of Samaria that could heal him and Naaman listens to the slave girl and uh, packs up uh, uh, a wealth to go and pay to be healed and heads to this prophet now there's a couple of things in this part of the story that just boggles me that just I get so excited about because if she's an Israelite slave girl that meant, and, and the story say, it tells us, if you read the scripture, that Naaman would, would go and his, he would take his army and he would go raid uh, his, his country, uh, Aram, was in Syria, which is just north, uh, right on the border of Israel. And he would go into Israel to towns and villages and cities in Israel and, and, and take possessions and take what they want. And, and, and his king became wealthy because Naaman would do these raids. In one of these raids in an Israel a town, an Israel community, he, he, he picked up a possession, uh, this girl. He thought, what a nice gift for my wife. So he brought her home and gave her to his wife as a possession. Now, Naaman likely uh, slaughtered her father and any brothers and destroyed her town and took all the possessions. So, so here we have this, this young girl who... who um, hadn't planned on living with, uh, hadn't planned on moving to a foreign country, who now was seen as property, who likely lost her family, lost her livelihood, and Naaman is responsible for it. Now, how would you feel if you were this slave girl? How would you feel if you were uprooted and, and, and your family was, were, were killed and now you're having to serve the one responsible for your life being uprooted? 
I would be angry, upset, frustrated. I would be doing voodoo on Naaman or something, trying to curse him. I don't know. I would not be a happy camper. But yet, we have this young slave girl who, who, who put away bitterness, who put away anger, and saw Naaman, who was hurting, and offered her faith to be, for Naaman to be healed. Now, this, she had to be courageous. She had to be strong because slaves usually don't have a, a voice. So first, she had to be courageous to share her faith. Secondly, she had to put aside her bitterness and her anger in order to share her faith. What, what would the world look like if there were more of these young ladies around? What would we be like if we were able to, to look people who have hurt us, who have betrayed us, who have said bad things about us, who, who just we think are evil people? What if we were able to see through that and love them and offer help to heal them? To put aside our bitterness and anger. What if the world had more, more people like this girl? Be a beautiful place, especially in such a politically uh, a diverse time we live in and the society we live in. So I, I just I I I truly respect this young girl. And then you have Naaman, who, who, who was a prideful man, who was a, a general, used to giving out orders and taking rage and, and taking things and he set aside his pride in order to listen to a slave girl who offered a prophet. And then he believed enough in order to, to take, take a, about a million dollars worth of uh, uh, money, uh, possessions, in order to pay off to be healed. I mean, I, I, I respect Naaman for, for putting aside his pride, and, and I think we'll hear about it a little bit later, but... It's either he has to set aside his pride or he's desperate, one or the other, uh, to be healed. I think a little of both. So here's Naaman who, 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 who uh, listens to a slave girl and, and takes his possession and he goes to the king. We're not going to get into all this, but he goes to his king to get permission and the, his king writes a letter to the Israelite king. And so he, then he goes into foreign territory, takes a caravan, a, a large group of people and, 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 and a lot of money and wealth with him. Uh, to, to Israel, and he's going into foreign territory. He goes to Israelite king. I'm not going to get into that part. You need to read it for yourself. And then, uh, but the Israelite king is not too happy about him showing up. And then Elisha hears about what's going on. He says, send him to me. This prophet Elisha says, send, him, send Naaman to me, and I'll take care of him. I'll, I'll, I'll see that God takes care of him. So Naaman packs his possession, goes to to, uh, to Elisha. He stops and sets up camp and waits for Elisha to come out. But Elisha doesn't come out. Elisha sends a messenger to, to, uh, to Naaman. Now, it, it, verse 11. Let's go to verse 11. Uh, but Naaman, uh, so, so he sends a messenger. Uh, let's go back to 10, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, he sends a messenger uh, sends out a messenger and says, go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. The next slide. Then your skin will be restored and become clean. Next. But Naaman went away in anger. He said, I thought for sure that he'd come out and stand and call on the name of the God, Lord his God. 
wave his hand over my bad spot and cure the skin disease. We go on the next slide. Aren't the rivers in Damascus, the Abin and the, the Falfar, the better than all of Israel's waters? Couldn't I wash in them and get clean? So he turned away and proceeded to leave in anger. He is, he's, he's upset. I mean, I am the great, mighty, powerful uh, warrior general. Surely he should have come to me. But he sent a messenger, so he, he's angry, he's upset. Then verse 13, Naaman's servant came to him and spoke to him. And he said, our father, if the prophet had told you to do something difficult, wouldn't you have done it? All he said to you was go wash and become clean. So Naaman went down and bathed in the Jordan seven times, just as the man of God had said. His skin was restored like that of a young boy, and he became clean. He returned to the man of God with his, all of his servants. He came and stood before Elisha, saying, Now I know for certain that there is no God anywhere on earth except in Israel. Please accept a gift from your servant. But Elijah said, I swear by the life of the Lord I serve that I won't accept anything. So, so here's Naaman who, who, who is upset. Wait, this is ridiculous. You, you want me to go wash in your dirty Jordan River? I've got clean rivers in my own place. I've taken baths all the time. I am a, a man of, of notoriety. I don't need to take a bath in your place. I need you to come wind your, wave your hand and, and heal me and, and do the thing that you do. And let's get this over with. And a servant says, no, listen, listen, it's, it's, just go and do as he said. It may seem ridiculous, it may seem silly, but give it a shot. So he does. He goes and he washes himself seven times in the Jordan River. And, and after the seventh time, his, his skin, his spot is not only healed, but his skin is made as a young boy. Better than a man his age. See, I think this is remarkable because, because here's Naaman, again, uh, this, this man who has everything, who, who, who has to set aside his pride in order to, to listen to a servant yet again. And because he's willing to listen, he is healed. How, how many of us put our pride in the way and keeps us from being healed? And then, and then when Naaman goes down and, and, and bathes in the water Jordan, I mean, can you imagine the first time he's, he's resenting it? Man, this is ridiculous. Man, this water smells. This is the dirty water. Why do I have to bathe in this stinky water in the Jordan River? This is ridiculous. He goes and he bathes and he gets out and he towels himself off. And he says, man, that was stupid. My skin I, I'm, is just as bad as ever before. And then he goes back into the water again and he bathes again. And, and, oh, man, this is ridiculous. Why am I having to do this? And he goes and he gets out and he towels himself off. This is stupid. I don't know why I have to do this. Then he goes a third time, he does the same thing. Each time he's resenting it, thinking it's ridiculous, it's stupid, it's silly. But then the seventh time when he's doing it, and he comes out of the water, his, skin, his spot is healed, it's gone. But not only that, his, his whole body, his skin is, is better than ever before. See, he was a young man. See, I, I, I love this because, because it demonstrates to us that you know, sometimes God asks us to do ridiculous, silly things. And for all the Naamans, you need to listen. You need to know that God has placed people around you to help you, 
to love you. And they may, they may tell you to do ridiculous things like go and ask for forgiveness or go and talk to somebody or, or to change your lifestyle. Or they may tell you something ridiculous that you think is ridiculous. But give it a shot. What have you got to lose? That skeleton in your closet is ruining your life right now. Why don't you, you think you're hiding it, but it's, you're not hiding it from God. See, I think the world needs more, more of these, these little slave girls that, that, that is bold enough to share their faith, to look people in the eye that, that have differences with us, and to love them in spite of all that they do to us, and to offer love and forgiveness just like God offers love and forgiveness to us. And I think, I think for all the Naamans, we need to recognize that we need to put our faith, put our, put our uh, uh, pride aside in order to, uh, to listen to those around us, to be healed. You know, God does ask, uh, tell us to do some ridiculous things. You know, uh, for me, uh, my first sermon that I preached, my first few years of preaching, in fact, I still, it's good gracious, God asked me to do ridiculous things all the time. But I, I have learned to just simply trust him. Um, I had somebody tell me this last week that they, uh, they didn't know why, but they volunteered to help at the pumpkin patch. Uh, they thought it was ridiculous to come up here and to work for a couple hours, but they knew we needed help, so they came up and helped at the pumpkin patch. And they helped a few people, and they sat around for a little bit, and they said they, had, they started having a God moment. Then the silliness of just sitting out at the pumpkin patch at the church, God began to speak to him. I've had people tell me, you know, I, I, I've never, I don't know why I've helped with the kids working in the nursery, vacation Bible school. I don't know why I, I, I felt like volunteering to do this, but you know, <laughs> once I did it, I realized I got blessed. God came to me. God spoke to me and doing ridiculous things. Folks, may we be challenged this day to be more like the little slave girl, to share our faith, to be courageous, to see the Naamans in the world, to love them in spite of all that they do, to offer healing to them. And for all the Naamans, may we put aside our pride. And may we see that God is seeking to touch us, to heal us, and to make us whole. Let us pray. Good and gracious and glorious God, we love you and we adore you and we thank you for everything. Thank you for this moment and time in which, Lord God, you challenge us, Lord, to, to be more like this little slave girl. We don't even know her name, Lord. But yet for over 2,000 years, we've been telling her story. We've been celebrating her strength and her courage. Lord, she had, she had other plans in her life. She had, she had plans of living in her community, of, of serving you with, with her family, Lord. She had, she had her plan, world all planned out. But Lord God, Naaman came and disrupted those plans and uprooted her from her life. And she began to live a life that she had not, not planned on. But Lord God, she saw a way bring glory to your name. Lord God, how many of us are living a life that we have not planned on, that we don't like, that we, uh, we 
grow frustrated in. That we question you, Lord God, why have you put us in this situation? Why, why, why did that have to happen? But Lord God, we see in this girl that great things can happen if we simply just put our faith and trust in you. Holy and living God, may we hear the call this day to become more like this little slave girl, to become more like Naaman, that realize that the God of Israel is the one true God. And Lord God, may we become more like you. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Let the children of God say amen.